Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show here at 8pm on Mondays. As we always are, we'll want to get going again after our Christmas kind of break um, and settling down from uh, all the rugby that was last year. But um, after uh, Steve and I have just spent uh, the last five minutes trying to figure out what the overtime rules are for um, for um, NFL, uh, it's, it's good to see that uh, rugby also was nice and complicated the weekend with referees getting involved. Oh, wow. A controversial start to the, the stream, isn't it? <laughs> Goodness me. Didn't expect that. Um yeah, I mean, we love to be confused. Hey, it's good to learn, right? It's good to learn about things. And I, I did a lot of learning today, even though I watch a, a fair bit of old NFL. But, you know, there's always situations and circumstances and things like that that you just you don't see, like, in the past and new and interesting. So, yeah, good to learn. A lot of learning. Yes, a lot of learning and um, on uh, on that side of things. and uh, But... Um... After, I think, an opening round where I think I said, well, I said last week that I enjoyed all three games. Um, this round, uh, a little bit hard, a little bit uh, not so uh, uh, interesting to watch to me um, with um, the England-Wales game not being um, that great. Uh, the you know, Ireland beating Italy by 36 points. Let's be honest. Um, who, who I, I knew the result before and even before I even looked what the result was. Never mind watch the actual game. Um, <laughs> and, then, um, uh, and then also, let's be honest, um, well, Scotland-France was the best game of the weekend. There were definitely periods of that where you sat there just going, boy, this is really... Can somebody just please run with the ball rather than just kick it at each other? I mean, yeah. uh, in fact, even just move with the ball rather than everyone stood still <laughs> in the whole stadium. Here we are. We've got 60-odd um, thousand people watching 22 guys plus a referee just stand still on the pitch. I mean, boy, I mean, paint and drying was... Um, Yes, we had not the best round of rugby we've had in the Six Nations League. No, it's, it had its moments, right? But uh, I, I guess that's the matchups. I mean, we kind of round one, I guess, probably surprised us a little bit. I mean, the Italians and the Welsh performed a lot better than we expected um, at the start of the tournament before we saw them play. It was round two. I guess we got a matchup between the team that's clearly hitting shoulders above the rest against the team that's now clearly at the bottom of the pile, right? Um, but yeah, the, the whole kicking thing needs to be addressed, um, I think, by Global World Rugby as soon as possible because that's it's not a good look when you've got all those players just standing around going, any minute now, any hour now, <laughs> if you want to do something, would be... And I mean, look, it, what was kind of ironic about it too because Finn Russell was probably the worst at doing it. Oh, didn't come good. back and bite them on the ass. I think Russell was, yeah, we were standing there looking around. People were, so what am I going to do? Are you going to go, going to come, in, come at me? <laughs> he's Elizabeth, He's the more, most um, kind of comfortable in his skin in that kind of situation where he'll go and that, where he's happy to do that kind of stuff. Um, and like, kind of, yeah, let's, let's play the rules like this, like, like they are the rules. It's the, they're the laws, right? Let's just, let's play the laws as they're written. Um, and as they're written, yep. no one was doing anything wrong. Um, but, um, uh, as far, and, but nowadays, the laws, unfortunately, aren't just for the players to play the game. They're also for everyone to watch it as well. Um, and so, <laughs> the uh, it's, it's which puts the world rugby in a bit of a difficult situation. This kind of thing. Do you make laws for the game to make the game interesting to watch, 
um, for which um, is about one percent of your players, or do you play? Do you make rules for the laws for the other ninety-nine percent of the players who are just playing on a Saturday or a Sunday with um, mum and dad watching on the side of the pitch? Mm. Who are you making your laws for? Are you making them for the players or for the uh, or for the uh, of the viewing public? And I think too much of the public discourse is a um, is about you know, it's boring to watch. Yes, but it's not. The laws aren't made for you. They're made for people to play the game. <laughs> at the end of the day, it just happens. You want to watch it. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. That's not. It's not world rugby. Isn't here to make the game good for you to watch. It's make make the game interesting to play or fun to play. Mm. Um, now, I'm not sure that standing still watching will kick the ball over your head is interesting to play. So, from that point of view, it does actually both both kind of things need to be need to be looked at. Mm. Um, but Nocturnal Rights uh, has got a serious question for you, uh, Cornflake. Um, has Ethan Roots responded um, yet to your uh, op- 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 uh, the uh, to, to your fight? Uh, call him out for a fight. Um, I can't remember if, which 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 uh, which which format you were going to take. Um, whether you're going to go boxing um, or um, sumo or what it was going to be, but uh, <laughs> sumo might be the way to go. So <laughs> sumo might be the way to go for me. I think that might be the option I might want to take up. I'm wait, waiting on contracts, uh, waiting on contract deals. Uh, that's the big thing, you know, seeing if there's enough zeros in it for me. That's that's what we're looking for. So uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted, Nocturnal, and see if uh, we have something for, um, I don't know, the, the O2 Arena or whatever. Is that sort of thing? Um, in the UK, you know, we can go over there and have a, a big 60,000 sellout. Um, you, you'll get a freebie, though. Don't worry, Nocturnal, I'll get you a freebie. I'm pretty sure the only number that is there for as far as dollars for you is that zero. There's no other number. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Dearie me. Um, a couple of little news article, interesting news articles um, to talk about. First of all, actually, is it, is it interesting? Um, it's a bit depressing. Uh, anyway, so oh, um, the, uh, the, the New Zealand Rugby Provinces have been told by the uh, by the government, um, that um, or the Ministry of Social Development, um, that they must repay three million dollars worth of COVID wage subsidy repayments, <laughs> because oh, apparently I just the that. provinces and New Zealand rugby double claimed. Oh, um, so um, so yes, the uh, <laughs> mixed martial arts on the computer is going to be the safe option. Nocturnal, right? It's going nocturnal. <laughs> right there, actually. You're a thinker. <laughs> Considering, considering that Steve's got, a, got got an entire YouTube channel about playing computer games, um, it's the one space he might have a chance against uh, <laughs> against Ethan Roots. Um, the so yeah, so apparently um, they uh, have got to respond um, to this. Uh, this we found yeah, two point nine million um, of uh, nine point seven million dollars of um, wage wage subsidies. Apparently, was effectively claimed for twice. Now, not surprising when. Uh, you have all of the uh, fun and games of uh, who pays who, and uh, and and are, are you centrally contracted? Are you not centrally contracted? Is does the money come via the union, or to go to, or the federal union, or is it paid directly by the? I mean, they keep it nice and complicated, don't they? Um, and obviously, zero transparency for anyone, anyone who's not part of the game. So who knows um, on uh, on that one? Um, but um, so yeah, I mean, I can uh, I can see where Silver Lake money is going to go pretty quick, um, Steve. <laughs> Jeez, come on, they've, they've got lots of money sitting around. They'll, they'll just they'll just push that back straight away. Uh, it, hey, we we talked about you know being confused about NFL rules, right? Watching the Super Bowl, it's like <laughs> we should be used to it, right? I mean, 
watching and seeing what New Zealand rugby gets up to. I mean, this should be just, you know, another day in, in life of being a rugby fan, of not being, uh, of being confused about what's happening, where things are going. But I mean, I've, I've seen Rugby South and I, I just literally read it about five minutes ago before coming on, on here. I seen the headline saying Rugby South and trending ignorance, not knowing um, about paying back the money. And it's like, oh, what is that about? Considering Rugby South and was what? going bankrupt about five or six years ago and literally got bailed out on that instance. So uh, yeah, it might not be good uh, for the unions if they've got to fork up into that cash, if, if they have to dish out anything as well. But hey, it's, just, it's back to square one, isn't it, with finances. It's always about finances. And it makes you wonder. I'm, I'm surprised that the government is actually chasing this sort of thing up um, or at least just picking on the big, big dollar signs. Uh, and they're not like imagine if they're doing this to a lot of companies because there was a lot of companies that double dipped throughout COVID. I can tell you that for free. So there could be a lot of companies that are in even more trouble, if not already enough, just running their business. It could get very much a lot worse for them in the coming days. So, uh, ouch for that one. <laughs> Uh, and um, for all those lawyers out there, we just like to make point out this: that uh, the double dipping comment is a personal opinion of um, <laughs> of Cornflake rather than of uh, New Zealand Sports Radio. Because um, as Tony Wright says, yeah, lawyers will be coming in here and making some dosh. Yes, they're the ones that are going to be making money on this. Apparently, um, Southland uh, are only, are only um, eighty thousand um, in the uh, in the dock for this one, um, compared to the three hundred k of Auckland, Wellington, and Canterbury, uh, which I guess. Pretty much matches probably the, the overall wage bill difference differential in the yeah that the, the, uh, Auckland, um, Wellington, and Cam- Canterbury have got around about three to four four times as much cash as um, Southland and Manawatu. Uh, Manawatu, yeah, made a uh, three hundred and thirty eight thousand loss last year on six hundred thousand in uh, I mean, over a fifty percent loss. In year. I mean, that's massive um, on 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 your. Um, on your revenue of 600k and you made a loss of 338,000 boy oh boy there's some i mean any business person who's running a company like that would be going bust very very quickly um unless they were growing and let's be honest manuel two one thing they're not doing is growing um at the moment or rugby at it's all so anyway um simon makes a, a political comment about tax cuts and needing cash yep you're probably true there um and for those of you who were uh, Want to get involved in uh, political cash? Do come on live and uh, and do it in the live chat because I'm not going to bother getting onto it too much in the actual show itself. Um, but um, look, it's just a bit of a mess, um, isn't it? Um, let's be honest um, about that. Um, a little bit more always interesting money. was always um, money. It's always yes, money. Yes, um, yes, and then over in Australia, where obviously money is a again <laughs> always not, about money. Uh, always is, is about money over there. Yeah, so it's interesting that Australia rugby was thinking of merging um, Moana Pacifica and uh, the yeah, Melbourne Rebels. Um, yeah, and then also thinking about putting them in Hawaii as well. So, yeah, I, who knows what 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 is true and what is not um, around what what Australian rugby has been uh, thinking about. I mean, if you read one of the other articles, it talks about. Um, uh, now, this, these are quotes from Melbourne Rebels who remember have just gone bust. Okay. Uh, basically, um, so they they were suggesting things like Rugby Australia was uh, deliberately trying to kill Super Rugby, um, and uh, that basically weren't giving enough cash. <laughs> oh, funny that that you you were saying they weren't giving enough cash. So, I mean, you've got to say that uh, yeah. So who knows kind of what is and what isn't true? There's lots of rumours running around at the moment on that sort of things. Um, Joe Smith though has uh, given a nice um, interview. Has been talking about taking over um, as the, um, uh, the the national coach. 
uh, saying that he's already talked to Dave Rennie um, and that he's got talks lined up with, uh, got a phone call lined up with um, Eddie Jones as well. So oh, no. he's just going to find out how much shit he's in, he's in isn't he? <laughs> He should, he, should, he should bring a bring a, them back as um you know assistant coaches and bring bring Rennie in just just a middle finger to rugby straight. Oh, he's a really good coach. I think we need his impact and, and his knowledge. I, I did see a thing. Um, I think it was Shane who you know um has been on the show in the past talking a lot about seeing um um Schmidt in the stands for some preseason games as well. So he's already getting committed and out there and watching. The players, even though, as we say, preseason doesn't matter, despite the fact the Highlanders absolutely thrashed the Hurricanes, thrashed the Hurricanes in the weekend, does thrashed those Hurricanes. Um, it's good to see him getting involved in his um, in looking at his players, and I mean, committed, right? I mean, it's it's probably easy to look at him going, you know, like the Australians are, and going, oh, another New Zealander, why do they do that? They should be picking an Australian. Um, they just need to shut up. But you know, this shows his commitment, shows he's committed to the job and determined to do something good. So he's out there and he's. He's fully into it, which is, is nice to see. We might be seeing him in the stands a lot more over the next um, couple of months. Yeah, look, he hasn't started the job until the 1st of March. So he's he's, yeah. he's, 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 he's unpaid at the moment, um, and he's already over there. Um, I, look, it did talk about his um, about his son who has epilepsy and the fact that they live um, 500 metres from where he currently works. And so hence, whenever he has a uh, has any problems, they can just get around there and help. Um, and obviously, he's not going to be able to do that um, with from Australia, but he's talks with both his wife and his uh, and his son has uh, has got their blessing for it. Um, and the point of the point where it's just, this is um, a part of this is about sustaining the long term future financially for his son. Um, so part of it is yeah is is and we talk about players going overseas um, and uh, uh, making sure they're well their their families uh, are sorted long term financially, and it looks like that's part of what Schmidt's doing as well. Um, on, on on this side of things so um but um yeah, you say he is putting in the hard yards it's not he's not just purely there for the paycheck um he's as he's already he's already there um like doing it um he's already talked to um michael hooper as well um which um who <laughs> yes exactly the sevens player um, and uh, he was, yeah, I was i was chatting to him about the mindset of, at the moment of the of players um and I thought it was really what did funny. He, know? he wasn't actually a player anymore. Well, not for the <laughs> national team. <laughs> oh, so, man. Um, so yes. So the uh, look, it's uh, he's, he's doing the right thing, isn't he? Reaching out to people, trying to learn what the hell's yeah. going on, what kind of um, situation he's in, um, and um, and talking about the Lions and and also the, the upcoming World Cup that's going to be in Australia. So, um, good on him. And they tour from Wales that were coming up mid-year. Oh, yeah, look, that's, that's, yeah. Now, he talks about what players wanted to get back in it. And actually, um, one of the ways to deal with a bad memory is to overwrite it with a happy memory, um, <laughs> basically. Um, and, uh, yeah, Wales coming over would be one way of getting rid of one of those uh, one, one of those memories from the Rugby World Cup, wouldn't it? Or creating a new one. Yes. Because, <laughs> let's the, be honest, um, that's, that's fairly likely, right? I mean... Oh, we, we talked about it in the weekend. I mean, it's probably a series. It's probably one of the two teams that out of the six nations that Australia would want to see come their way. But I mean, we we males has been a bit bad mouthed, right? We'll probably we'll talk about them more. But gee, I reckon if, if on their day, if, if, if the Wallabies aren't on their game and Wales are on their game, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not just going to cakewalk this. Oh no, it's going. It's um, yeah, they've, they've got a. They've, it's going to be a good uh, series. I, I think it's a good match. Yeah. It's a good, like it's a good, it's a good match up between 
what could be two very similar teams. I think if you send Ireland here, that's a disaster. Um, but, you know, Wales, I think, fit the bill of... of or Scotland probably would have gone all right. I, I think just Scotland just mentally are a team <laughs> that could go anywhere I, that, that has a big nation feel about it and they'll be in trouble. Yeah, they wouldn't want England because England have got a history of doing well down in Australia as well. Again, yes, so, so does Scotland. The, um, that mental kind of situation. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's, that's good there. Um, the third week of the July test appeared to all be T1 versus T2 nations. Wow, yes, variety for the summer. Yeah, thank God at last. Look, the Northern Hemisphere T1 um, tier one teams always had to have a tier two nation during the November window, purely because of numbers, logistics, right? There's four T1 tier, tier one Southern Hemisphere nations visiting six tier, tier one European nations. Therefore, by numbers, two of them have to play tier two nations each week. Um, but it's good to see, yes, that actually uh, the, the, the Southern Hemisphere tier one nations will all be playing tier two teams for a change. Whereas previously, the only time New Zealand would play a tier two team would be outside of um, international windows, which is fine for Japan, which has all its players locally and they can get their players whenever they want. But doesn't work for anybody else <laughs> like the USA. Suddenly, well, yeah, all, half, half our players play in Europe, so we can't have them. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, yeah, a bit of a mess. Um, so let's we should run through the uh, preseason just to just to look at the numbers and go, yeah, who cares? Um, There's only one match that matters. The uh, clearly that was um, the Crusaders beating Bristol fourteen to thirty-one. That wasn't bad, <laughs> as you said. A uh, uh, one, one where there's um, uh, two attacking Down teams. Bees. Next up, the uh, Highlanders beat the Hurricanes fifty-two to nineteen. And uh, <laughs> there's an article going, "Well, the Highlanders with a new attacking weapon." Quit, who's, who's this going to be? Oh, Thomas Havanaway. Yeah, like that was a surprise. I mean, seriously, of course he was going to be. <laughs> um. Well, they were charging six people six dollars to watch that yeah. game on Bristol's website. Jeez. Three, three pounds, wasn't it? Yeah, three pounds for um. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, see, this is where you come join our Discord channel, Simon, because we had it streaming on there for free, uh, no charge yeah. to you whatsoever. We had one uh, faithful, amazing person who who put it. Um, I should promote that really show, but he paid the price, and um, yeah, we all hung out and watched some <laughs> games. So you know, yeah. come to our Discord, man. Come, come on, come on. There you go. Um, cheap, the, cheap um, uh, then uh, Cannon Eagles got beaten by the Blues, 22 to 57. So that's a good start for the Blues preseason. 50-odd points there. And uh, the previous weekend, they scored 43 points against Sun Goliath. So, hey, they can score points, apparently. But then again, we know Caleb Clark can do if people are not going to defend him. Um, do I have to comment? No, you don't. No. Um, Caleb Clark's rubbish. Kubota, Kubota Steelers. Oh, sorry. St Spears. So Colossus Steers, okay, Spears, sorry, lost the Chiefs 30 to 35. Um, you can see how uh, how impressed I am with their opposition, so I can't even say their name. Uh, even trying to read it. Um, the force Don't they make the track the diggers? Don't they make diggers and stuff? Kuboto make diggers and uh, stuff like that? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I think they do. Um, up the Wars, yes, because the Wars lost the Reds 32 7. Um, so, um, oh, no, Warsaw, sorry, not Wars. Yes, sorry, you're talking about, oh, you're on to rugby league, aren't you? Yes, we will get our rugby league Wrong show. Day. Back. Back that's to the, when the NRL kicks off. Wednesday. Well, they Thursday. did have a new jersey that's quite nice. And actually, what's okay, refreshing thing about the new about the new Warriors away jersey is they haven't got the sponsor on. And the sponsor has said, you know what, you're doing a retro jersey. So actually, you know what, take us off because we 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 ruin it. We don't make it look like a a, a, um, a, a, a retro jersey. So we're going to continue sponsoring you, but it's more about it's not just all about the being on, on the jersey. So um, feel free to take us off the jersey. 
which I thought was kind of a cool move. So well done to One New Zealand, uh, one one uh, whatever, and what used to be Vodafone. Old Vodafone. Yeah, yeah. old Vodafone. Well done, old, old Vodafone. No one uses them anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I'm on two degrees personally. There you go. Um, the uh, they don't, they don't sponsor me, so don't all go running out and getting two degrees. Oh. Just try and sponsor us. Just try and support us. Um, Damn it. And then finally, the force lost the Brumbies twenty to twenty-two. So um, yeah, a bunch of games happened. Um, I've not seen any reports about any particular injuries. I didn't watch any of them because they're preseason games. Who cares? Um, yep. So um, uh, <laughs> stop intruding on uh, on Brad and and, uh, and and Richard Show. Absolutely. And there we go. And Simon's a spark person. So we've got yeah, all the phone companies covered off. Yeah. Um, there we go. You as well. Yeah. Oh, so we need. This. We need someone from Skinny. Who, who who uses? Does anyone use Skinny? Because no, no one's no one's saying they use Skinny on here. Um, so there we go. I mean, that would be highly ironic for me to use that. So I'll pass. Oh, apparently another amazing Fijian wigger has emerged for the draw. <laughs> Kel surprise. <laughs> and they didn't even play this weekend. So how the hell do you know that? Spell his name. Come on, Nocturnal. Spell it. That must have been for, that must be when they when they play the Brumbies. The Brumbies come with two narrow wins. There we go. What was that Brumby score against the Force? You say 22-20? Yeah, 20-22. Um, and the, but they also beat some um, the Drua 43-40 the previous weekend. So two two Force close are looking wins. All right. Um so yeah, so but well hey, it's all shadow boxing. What does it really matter? Um I th- honestly yeah. I think for the smaller teams, like the like you know, like the force and stuff like that, I've, i I read a bit more into it about them because I feel like they are already going at hundred percent because they don't really have a 50%. You know, like the Brumbies, I feel like, aren't fully exposing all their cards and all their their options or their best team and stuff like that. I feel like, you know, the Highlanders, the Force, um, who else? Jeez, the Rebels probably a bit as well. But, you know, they're kind of – and Moana and obviously the Drawer as well, I feel like we're probably on the same boat. They kind of – they have they have kind of one speed, one tactic of this is our plan and, and here we go. This is our best team. This is our plan. Let's get ready and let's go into the season right from you know, especially this time of the year right now. So I, I kind of think the force for the force, a couple of decent matches for them in preseason. I think at least they look like they are competing, right? Yeah. What I don't want to see from the force and Highlanders and Rebels and and Drawer Pacifica is, that, is is losing by like fifty points. Like that that's bad off because then you know I know it's only preseason, but any sort of morale that those smaller, unexpected performing teams lose now, going into a season, getting smashed three times in preseason or four times, you know, and then they go into the season, they're already kind of a bit behind the bait with the eight ball. Those guys go in and they've got a bit of confidence and they've got a bit of a belief in their play. Like, hey, this worked. We're actually, you know, they still get confidence and mental, um, mental fortitude from those performances. It gives them a little bit of a boost. I mean, the Brumbies, they don't really care. Because again, when lose draw, they just it's fitness, it's about preparation. But I think for the smaller teams, there's a bit more to it for them. So, uh, yeah, good for the force. And the so has force versus Hurricanes in round in Perth, round one, potential upset. Yes, um, round two, yeah. Rebels versus Brumbies in Melbourne, potential upset. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Simon says that uh, I think the force was leading for most of the game, according to Twitter. For the force, look, Twitter is fake news. Um, looking at the scores, um, the force were leading for a period of the first half. That was it. They were not leading for most of the game. Um, and they had a kick at the death to try, a uh, conversion at the death to try and um, draw the game and missed. But there we go. Ah, oh, who missed? So, um, so yeah, so fake news there on on uh, on, on X or Twitter. Surprise, surprise. Um, 
the um, though uh, talking of um, social media, though you um, you were being asked higher up. Somebody was asking if you've got Instagram. Rory is asking um, Steve, do you have Insta? I mean, I do. I do not. I don't have good photos this year. I'm sorry. Actually, I actually have good photos from last year this year, but <laughs> not yeah, for right now. Do. No, um, no, I, no, not much use for it. More. Oh, yeah, not not using X too much either. More, more, more Discord probably for social stuff. Um, that's probably the most where most people find me and get in touch now. Even though it's not really a Why social media Discord? channel, but yeah, Discord's Discord. got like a that's like a private kind of thing. It's that's the whole it's the whole thing. Anyone could join. Anyone could join your channel, but hey, okay. It's um all, all links uh on my channel, but we can we can fire a link. Discord. Uh, I, I still look at Twitter every now and then once in a while, but uh, mainly mainly through that way, yeah. And of course, yeah. through the through through the channels, Twitch and uh, YouTube, mainly, mainly. Yeah, so um, I, I use Insta for Instagram for for my uh, for my horse stables, but that's uh, toys toy stables, but that's it. I don't use it for, for rugby. Um, yes, yeah, so I here. We need competitive games on Saturday night. Um, with those games being free to air TV, absolutely we do. But uh, I've not looked at the schedule yet because hey, it's not here yet. So I'll I'll, I'll pay attention to the schedule when actually when the game when the season starts. Um, but so before that. No, I mean, super round in Melbourne. I mean, oh, seriously, uh, with all the news about the Rebels going bust, I mean, what, what worse? I mean, we're going to have empty stadiums in round two. I mean, what a worse way to try and advertise the game than, than playing in front of an empty stadium in Melbourne um, for all of the games. Um, a few people will turn up to the Rebels game and that'll be, they'll be thinking, well, look, do they exist next year? Probably not. Mm -hmm. it's, so uh, is it worth me investing my emotional investment into this team that's going to disappear at the end of the year we'll see we will see I and mean, who knows yeah at the moment the um the head of uh um of, of super rugby is like i don't really know what this tournament's gonna to be like next year i do this year but i'm not gonna start but i can't tell you anything beyond that um, so who knows long-term planning that's all we love to see that's rugby that's rugby <laughs> so should we get into some uh some actual rugby then now sure. I came on to your stream uh, to, uh, for for England um, versus Wales uh, at, at, some, at like five o'clock um, in the morning, um, and then um, and you were ranting and raving about how wonderful the previous game had been between Scotland and France, and then I went and watched it and went, it was better than the England Welsh game. That's fine, but we did have a whole section of the game where it just stopped. <laughs> they did, and they were playing kick tennis. Um, mm -hmm. Forty, uh, sorry, eighty-five kicks in this game. Now, admittedly, there was one section where we so that more than a kick a minute. It wasn't evenly distributed. Let's be honest. There was a section where um, there were kicks every thirty seconds, 20, 20 seconds. Um, uh, if you include the uh, thirty seconds, if you include the standing round in between the kicks, um, where they where they did kick quite a few. Um, but it's a game that uh, you were saying it was a game that, that, that Scotland shut up shop and tried to defend. I think it was a game that Scotland were going like we're not playing in our half, whatever. We're only going to play in the opposition half. Um, and that's what led to this kicking tennis. Whereas France initially tried to play in their own half and then just went, sod this. <laughs> Why are we playing here? No, we're just going to play in your half. And it was very much a um became very much a territory thing that if we're in the right areas, we'll, or the you know, that, that standard saying you get from uh, from from super rugby coaches, we'll play in the right areas of the pitch. <laughs> um uh but just for for a period in that second half, no one could get in the right area to play. I it was was kind of my sort of overview of the, of, the, of the kind of game yeah yeah to a degree i do agree with you there but the fact that scotland kind of had stopped attacking 
Like they were running a lot of these kicks back in that first 40 minutes. So again, yeah, they're looking for that territory game, but they had no real intent towards scoring any points in that second half. Like they thought that a three-point lead or whatever they had at the time was going to be enough to hold hold through the end of the game. They just again, it was a bit like the Wales game, wasn't it? They started off really well when when they're attacking, um, when they're looking like they want to score points, their um, focus is to get points on the board and, and get off to a good start. They play well. It's then when they go to the sort of, now we're going to look to close out a game, that's when it just goes completely upside down for them. Um, and I just like, I mean, I keep going back every single week. Mentally, I just feel like Scotland are not at the at the tournament at all in the right mindset to be successful. They just... They're going to do well. They're going to start off well. And they're just going to have to rely on what they can do in the second half to, to get them home like it did against Wales. Um, look, let's be honest. The French were terrible. Uh, their, their set piece is still really average. Um, uh, Luku was, I think, the change of league art coming on at scrum half in the second half really sped up their game. But let's be honest. That match was ultimately decided by just one moment of brilliance by our Paul's favorite new winger since the Wangan Hitawazi is leaving and he has to learn how to see our buddy buddy's name instead, even though I mess it up completely. But he's got skills, man. He's just one of those guys that can just sure he got a little bit of room down that side to score that try. But that was a solo class act, just piece of X Factor brilliance that got them in the lead. And and then then what happened to Scotland? They just completely lost it, got desperate. Hey, they looked a lot better, but you know. After they scored that try, they went back to, we've got a score. And the intent went back to what it did in the first 20, 30 minutes, especially. And, hey, they were making line breaks. They were running the ball from 60 meters out, from 70 meters out. They were getting in behind. And, hey, look what happened at the end. Argue it away. We did on stream for about 40 minutes. And everyone disagreed and agreed with each other. But barring that last moment of the game, mindset, I think, is Scotland's biggest issue. We've seen it two weeks in a row. Um, and they've, okay, they won one, they lost one, they should be 2-0, and and they should be doing it. I mean, they should have won that game by 10-plus points, I reckon. I mean, the uh, Bilibari, um try, uh, you've, I think, showed up the inexperience in that back three for um, from Scotland, right? The, the, the fullback comes up thinking that uh, he's got to come up to make the tackle. In reality, what he needs to do is stay back, ready for that kick through. Um, and that his winger has got the sideline to defend, help him, and he can cut off that cut off the defender. So um, it was a defensive error, um, abs- uh, structural error by the by, by Scotland that allowed that kick through um, there. And look, when you got young, um, well, Patterson was on uh, was on debut, and Rowe uh, was his second game. When you got some guys of that inexperience in those two positions, you're going to be you're going to make mistakes like that, and that, that's that's what it came down to. Um, I don't think there was. Uh, that much magic, he, he just read the situation really well and put the kick through. We see lots of players who can do who can put the kick throughs like that. Now, can I? No, that's my thought. Okay, it's still a very good, very good skill. Um, but um, but the uh, this moment of magic or this moment of brilliance, no, I don't think so. I think it was that it was a heads up, heads up play where he spotted that the uh, the fullback had come up when he shouldn't do, put the kick through and um, used his pace. Fantastic, well done. Um, I think it's more rugby brain than magic. What, uh, what is expected? Expected brilliance. That, that's kind of what expected brilliance is identifying a situation, executing a, a very. I mean, it's not like he just ran. To be able to execute a, a weighted kick that falls back to the way he needs it to go, you know, and ha- having his 
pace and positioning right. I mean, not everyone's going to score that try in that sort of situation, even if they read it well. You know, Caleb Clark ain't going to do that. Let's be honest. Um, he's He's got ability. Yes, he identified it well. And yes, Scotland did misread it. But I thought Patterson was really, really good. Majority through, especially that first half. I liked a fullback oh, who takes I, the I ball think, in. I think runs. both Patterson and Rowe had decent games. Yes. Right, don't get me wrong. I just think he just, I just say, inexperienced players will yep. make little mistakes like that. Um, yep. What I mean is, unlike um, Dupont, where he's doing stuff that nobody else would even think of doing, this was a, this is something that a lot of a lot of wingers would think of doing. Would try. Now he pulled it off. Get um, so, so yeah, a whole bunch would try it and not pull it off. Let's. I, I, I agree there. Like but it wasn't totally. Wasn't something totally out of the out, out of the out of the abnormal for what wingers do. Um, any thought was no sweep coming across the Scotland. I uh, yeah, yes as well. But I do think also the 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 the, the, full, the, the, the fullback did not need to come up in that situation. He came up when he didn't need to, uh, and that was what left that gap. Um, but anyway, was a good uh, try. the but it, it, yeah, they did need a player to to unlock Scotland. Yeah, because France it was not a. Yeah, this was, not, this was the, when you watch um, the Ireland game, um, you can see structurally how they're scoring their tries. The French do not have those structures at the moment and the organisation to do it. It does need a player to go, right, that's how I can do it. Boom, go um, and pull it off. Yeah, absolutely. You are you are looking at individual uh, individual um, um, efforts for their tries. Um, and Scott, yeah, and you've got to say, yeah, Scotland, well done for defending and, and, and contain. You can, only, you can only play against a team that's there, right? So you've you've snuffed out the French attack uh, a team that um, uh, is a top four team in the world. Um, so well done. Um, are they a top four team in the world without Dupont? Maybe not. But um, they, I think they're, I think they're still top four. Um, the uh, so yeah, look, well done, uh, Scotland from that point of view. But you're right. Yeah, mentally, they've got a problem um, mm. that's with 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 big sides. Um, uh, and so let's talk about that. Uh, they did get the ball over the line. At the very end, for a winning try. The um, initially it was held up. We can see it on top of the boot, and then it comes down to what the referee said um, and uh, what the what the TMO saw. The referee said, "I've got held up. Do you have any evidence that the ball is down? Or do you have to sorry, no, not any evidence. Do you have de definitive evidence that the ball was down? At this point, what we then have is a bunch of shots that show that." Um, the ball goes off the boot and um, there's a leg in front of it. So you can't see where the ball actually goes. But by the laws of physics uh, or by the laws of just the shape of things, the only place it can be is touching the ground. The yeah. problem is it's the do you have definitive proof it is actually touching? Can you see basically can you see the ball touching the ground? The answer is no, I can't see the ball touching the ground. I can see it in a position where it's probably touching the ground, but I can't actually see it touching the ground. So TMO has to say, no, I can't see it touching the ground. And therefore, the referee therefore the, the, ref, the referee made, made the call that he saw. The TMO gave the correct answer for the protocols he's allowed to. And the ref, everyone else in the world is going, and including the TMO, is going, well, it's on the ground, but I can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else in the world is going, yeah, it's on the ground. We can tell it's on the ground. You can tell it's on the ground, yes, but you can't see it's on the ground. And that's the difference and that's what uh, that's that minute difference is a difference on how Scotland lose this game, and um, how everyone throws a hands in the air about the TMO, where the TMO actually did the job he is paid to do. Nothing wrong with what the TMO's. Now you can have problems with how the TMO is allowed to make calls, 
That's fine. But the TMO himself did a good job in that situation. You've, you've stolen my thunder. Look, oh, let's be honest. I was, I was yelling at everyone saying, use the backs. Don't leave it to chance and go into the areas where no one can see the ball unless you get a really good carry and manage to go around someone. Okay, the backs might not have worked, but at least when you go through the backs, you're going to get a clear one-on-one -on -one tackle where one of the six million cameras is going to see the ball clearly touch the ground when you've got a muddle of about 14,000 people going all over the ball and the body. it's You're just shooting yourself in the foot, really. I understand why they do it, but it just leaves so much to being able to see that conclusive evidence and to chance. And you're, le you're, you're leaving it to the chance of what can be seen and not seen. I agree exactly what you said was my reasoning for it at the time watching it live. And this is this was the argument pretty much I was putting out to all the Scottish people that were raging with absolute filth. If uh, Nick Berry went, I think I, I'm going to give it an on-field try, is there any reason why I cannot give it a try? As in, you've seen the ball held up. That would have been decided in about three seconds. It's gone off the leg, so it must have gone back to your call of being an on-field try. The fact that he said on-field, no try held up, any conclusive or definitive evidence that it's not, again, like you say, you couldn't conclusively see. You saw the ball down, and you saw it roll off the leg, off the boots, but it wasn't, I mean, again, body of players, people walking everywhere, in the way. It's just, I, I agree. I agree 100% with you. It, it was all in the wording uh, that Nick Berry said with his decision, and there wasn't 100% conclusive evidence that the ball was actually sitting there on the grass as well and and the fact that the, what i question as well is he went in over the line but then had to come back to roll it back off the boot and you couldn't see where the line was i i was questioning that too it wasn't actually over the line when he by tommy rolled it back off the boot and off the leg because they were very close to the line and i i couldn't see a line to even answer my own question let alone go back to the fact that it wasn't even down so it could have been, um, that was just another thing I looked at and thought, well, he, he's come back, you know, probably a good, at least half a meter off, off the leg to the boot, to the ground. Where's the line in this situation? Um, but I guess the fact that the referee, Nick Berry, called it held up means it was over the line, right? But then the fact that he had stopped the game means you can't restart the game with a ruck half a meter out from the line. So it all got a little bit messy in the end, really. But hey, I think the referee, Timo, made, given the answers and responses and the way that they explained the situation, that was the outcome, maybe not be right, but that was the outcome that was the right one given the circumstances delivered by the referee to the TMO. It was, it was, yeah, it was the correct answer to the laws of the game and the interpretation of how you're supposed to, how you're supposed to manage a game. Now, whether, um, as you say, is that actually what happened? That's a different ball game entirely. But hey, yep. it's a totally artificial game in the first place, right? So you're gonna get artificial you're gonna get an artificial answer um in, in some use cases. And that is it. Use the backs, damn it. Use the yeah, backs. Yeah, use the backs. Hey, I mean if Barry saw something and thought it was down and he said on field decision to try it, uh, that, that game would have been over 20 minutes earlier. Um, because they well, would have made well, all well, the difference. Well, but yes, but <laughs> they, no, but they yeah. just well, took that long to, but you know what I mean. Uh, they yep. took a long time deliberating about that, and it was all in the wording of the referee, regardless of what you saw on your replay rolling off the boot. It's all in the wording, and all he could do is have you got, you know, definitive 
picture of the ball being on the grass. No. So no. Have you seen a ball on the grass? No, I haven't. Okay, done. That's it. Um, so yeah, it's so Scotland actually currently ranked sixth in the world behind England, which is uh, kind of a bit, a bit of a surprise. Uh, but then again, England are the third best team in the world as we saw the Rugby World Cup. Um, okay, South Africa. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, I guess England's run at the World Cup, and the fact that Scotland didn't get, didn't get out of their pool will have seen them drop down. Uh, and um, this loss hasn't helped that. Whereas England are still on for the Grand Slam um, with two wins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dear. No, no, so, yeah, so, um, best game of the weekend, but still um, had its uh, had its issues. Moving on, then England versus Wales. Um, uh, listening to the commentary of um, of the Ireland Italy game, and the comment and uh, the ex the the um, the expert analysis guy um, going, yeah, England's spending too much time on defence. Need to spend some time on attack. <laughs> it's like, oh, actually, yeah, you're probably right. Because <laughs> um, look. Neither side really looked like scoring many, scoring many points in this game. Um, and England basically did um, dominate the territory, uh, played the game played the game in the right areas of the pitch. Uh, <laughs> um, but this time we only had uh, 65 kicks in this game as opposed to over 80. Um, even though I know you were talking about there being more kicking, too much kicking in this game compared to the other one. Um, and yeah, England has managed it, um, I think, relatively well. Kept... kept um, kept Wales predominantly at arm's length and um, then it just came down to who was going to get the kicks and who was going to take their moments and um, England uh, did uh, and they uh, could have been uh, they, and they missed both their conversions so it could have easily been 20 to 14 uh, but um, the difference was England yeah, took the penalties, kicked, kicked their threes and uh, won the game. I think they should have kicked a few more um, uh, a, a few drop goals in the first half because Wales, to be fair to them, didn't give up a single penalty in that first half, which is amazing. Um, an amazing stat when you've been under that much pressure. Um, they spent, uh, yeah, England had, and actually Wales had 68% of the possession that first half, but it didn't feel like that. Um, they, uh, England seemed to spend a lot of time in the Welsh um, 22. Wales, for all their possession, that all their territory, was not even England in, in, in England's 22. <laughs> they were just in the half. Um, they didn't seem to be able to get, get forward anywhere. Um, and, uh, yeah, messy game. Let's say, yeah, came down to kicking uh, in the end. Yeah, well, this game, I kind of agree with Simon. I think Wales were a bit unlucky in this one. I thought they, they had some decent chances, decent opportunities. I thought they had a bit more intent of how they wanted to score their points rather than just looking. I mean, England looked for threes, right? They looked to accumulate, looked to score. Uh, whereas I, I kind of like the way that Wales had a bit more, I mean, they, they knew what they were up against, right, in the terms of how England were going to generally accumulate their points, right? So, I guess they had a little bit of a a, a game plan uh, to get around that. I mean, again, like we talked about on stream, the young side, I, I, I kind of think that this is a, a good performance from them, building on from what they did last week as well. But, yeah, England, look, we talked about this right at the start, right? England is, and we did question what sort of game plan they'll go into this tournament with. We know that answer now, right? I mean, I could just literally, should we take a clip from the World Cup and we'll just play that? The fact that they played, you know, their, their expected plan, they kicked to the territory, they played boring sort of style, and they know how to do it, and they do it well. And they got the points. Elliot Daly still crap on the wing. Um, and there's so many chances went to the wings and he wasn't there. Did I say that last week? I think I said that last week as well. And still, you know, George Ford, you talk about kicks. He had a shocking game. Um, looking back he on did. it, he had a really poor game. And I feel sorry for a guy like Finn Smith who's selling the beach. Yeah, okay, he's not experienced, he's new. 
but you're listen, your position is out there having a shocker game and you're still not good enough to come on and replace him. Why am I in the 23? Why am I even here? Um, he's having a, if he's having a good game, a good game, and it's close, sure. But man, are you going to lose anything by having your experienced player on there playing like trash? Then bringing on your younger guy who who knows how he's going to play, right? I mean, it's it's not like they're going to. I don't feel they would have lost much. Um, even bringing Uboso uh, on as well, just a guy that's got a bit of X factor about him on the wing that could have broken that game open. I just don't feel like England's utilizing the skills and abilities they've got in that squad as well as they could. And I mean, just looking at George Ford as how poorly he was playing, just made me question. I, I feel bad for those guys. You know, in there getting their chance in the 23 and it's riding the pine watching them play a poor game. That uh, just does, doesn't bode, it doesn't sit well with me, unfortunately. But yeah, an interesting match. I thought Wales would struggle with the style of play that England were going to bring. That was my concern for them. I felt, I think we talked about this on stream as well, how that Scotland bring the game to them. They, they were going to play a bit more attacking and they don't tactically, they aren't as aware as England is, right? So I think like they brought the game, they brought the ball, they brought a bit more uh, action to the game for Wales and Wales kind of soaked into that sort of style as well. England's very different. It's very hard to play England's style of game, right? To credit to them and Wales didn't want to do that. So they struggled to adapt. I think they played pretty well, uh, but England, you know, as all you talk down to them, I do anyway, they still get the win, and that's what you guys all say. It's got the win. Hey, we played the two worst teams in the tournament, but we've got two wins. Um, alas, here you go. Grand 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 still on. <laughs> <laughs> look, I mean, for, for England, look, England um, uh, are much more a set piece orientated team than uh, than Scotland, and that's something yeah, that uh, the Wales didn't didn't do well with in this game. Um, yes, three screwed up um, scrums, a couple of screwed up lineouts as well. And of course, we remember that the the lineout stats can be misleading at times, as, we, as we'll get to with Ireland, um, Italy, in the fact that even if you win scrappy ball, you win ball. Even if you actually, even if you win a ball that doesn't go five, and you get blown against you, you still win the you still win that lineout according to the stats. So, um, so yeah, so there are some yeah the line lineout stats can be misleading at times um, in overly being overly positive. Um, and I think this one was one of those um, there that, uh, um, but also Scotland France. The, um, the the lineouts weren't weren't the set piece has not been great in this tournament apart from one team who funnily enough are running away with the tournament. Um, Give them the trophy now. The um, <laughs> yes, pretty much. Um, yeah. But no, no, England could still get it. Um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, right, um, fear of losing. I think England are concentrating on a new defence system um, with their attack later. Yes, I'm not I sure about like fear of losing, defense. but I think building from the basics and you, you can always and it's kind of like yeah, build your basics first, build your defence first. And then you can add on top of that. If you've got a leaky defence, doesn't matter how good your attack is, um, you're going to be playing hair and scaring the whole time. So you build your defence first, then you build your attack offers. Attack also takes more time. There's more nuance to it. Defence is trust each other and stand in this place. That's essentially what defence is. That's where Scotland read out is the guy didn't trust that the, the, the guy in front of him was going to cover that gap. So he went to fill it. Trust the other. It's about trusting your player, uh, uh, trusting the guys around you, so you don't get pulled out of position, and stand in your position and make your tackles. At the end of the day, let's suppose everybody at this level should be able to tackle. There's a few. There's a few fly halves who we can uh, perhaps uh, leave out of that. But on the whole, everyone at this level should be able to tackle. So it's just a matter of are you standing in the right place, and do you trust the guys around you not to move from that place? Um, oh. It's really it. I find building on that, like with way of England defence, and what they probably did very well compared to France too, that um, that Scotland France game, that last break that led to that 
try, no try situation. Kyle Rowe made a very good break, but the way he made that break, the, the defense came up very quickly, but he spilled the ball backwards and went back to get it. And that, ironically enough, some players keep chasing forward, others stayed back and held line. So when he turned around with the ball, he had a fracture. Bang, bang, he was through. Um, and that's the other thing with defense is too, you can't go like this and create gaps. You've got to go collectively. And I think that's yeah. England do that well, right? Like they do come forward and they come forward in that curling wave from the outside to shut out those channels, which seen a lot of times, like you mentioned that watching the game, uh, Wales passing over the head of defenders. And by the time like Urio dies and they got the ball, that curling covering defense has time to go back out and cover that edge. So they do that very well collectively as a team. Was I found France are doing a good too until they got that loose ball. And then it's like, crap, what do we do? Do we, do we carry on going forward? They've lost five meters. And so I'm like, no, I'll stay back here, mate. Sorry. And then bang, you've got that, you've got that little indecision, you've got that fracture. And just I mean, if he caught that ball flush, Kyle Rowe, he wasn't making that line break. Let's be honest. Um, that kind of just about changed that game. So yeah, a lot of trust, but there's a lot of synchronicity about it as well, of staying uh yep. in union with your teammates too, which makes a big difference. Yep, no, absolutely. Um the uh, that's, that's 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 my stand. Uh, see, you put it much more eloquently than my stand in the right place was my <laughs> <laughs> piece. Um, uh, people, yeah, France were, uh, so Wales were lucky. Look, it's a two point game. <laughs> I mean, look, it's, the, you shouldn't have one side dominating the other one on some sort of stat. It should it should be down to the balance of the ball. If it's that close, they should have an opportunity to win it. Absolutely agree. Um, that's, um, but if it's, if it's two points the other way, I'd, you wouldn't be saying this because it's England, but I think you could equally have said <laughs> England were unlucky as well. So, um, yeah, whoever was going to come out of this one as a, a, as a, on a two-point loss was going to be unlucky um, at the end of the day. Um, I'll be honest, yeah, I thought Ford had a poor game. I'm not sure it was mm. trash. I wouldn't, I'm not sure I'd go that far, but... Um, but uh, well, yeah, we, standard, we, 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 we pay you for your we pay you for your opinions and for your and, and, and for your hyperbolic hyperbolic whatever the word is. Um my extreme in COVID payments. Yeah, exactly. You double living payments to uh, <laughs> um to, to get the viewers in. George so, Ford um, has a very high quality of standard, right? You expect like you, you see him play, you've got a very high standard. I do. I think like uh, to me, his standard of play, like I see him going out. I, I want to see that Argentina World Cup game from him. He's a guy capable of not dominating a game like a Dan Carter would, but dominating a game of tactical kicking, hitting all his kicks, uh, you know, making good decisions. A kind of an England quality smart sort of player, which just does everything either decently or good. I've not really seen him have like an absolute bad game like that where you actually stand out and see him and go, why did he do that? Or, you know, how's he got that so wrong? He's not the sort of player I associate with going below that that just playing a, a basic solid game. The um, Paul is always always subtle with his team talks. Yeah, um, I mean, look, England's got sixty one percent territory <laughs> in this game, right? So you could argue that actually he did his job of leading the team around the pitch, but his kicking at sticks was not good, um, and mm -hmm. he did make other, other mistakes as well. So um, even in a even in a poor performance by him, he's got his team playing in the right places. So yeah, it's it, that, that's and that's what you pay him to do. You don't pay him to be. Um, Finn Russell making breaks and stuff, or Finn Russell standing around the back going, oh, I'm not going to move, so you can't touch me. Um, you, you, you pay him to put your forwards where they want to be. Um, and that's what he did, effectively. Um, only 12 um, penalties, one, um, but we did have three yellow cards in this game, which, um, so yes, so when the referee um, stepped in, he stepped in big time um, on that. But again, uh, no complaints about the referees. 
um, across this across this weekend. To be honest with you, um, on uh, on any of these ones. Good Super um, Rugby reads. That's what they are. Well, apart from the last game, where we had I was, a referee, I was, I was fishing. <laughs> right. I'm waiting for the chat. I'm waiting for the chat. Some of him is very free suck. The um, in the last game we had a, we had an English referee in the last game uh, for oh. um, Ireland versus Italy, and the referee who was happy to make a call, watch the TV and go, I got that wrong. I'm changing it, and just go oh. and be very, be very, very nonchalant about it. Yep, I got it wrong. No big deal. Move on. Um, the, the two tries that he gave that he called back for Ireland. Um, and uh, I was I won this one 36 nil. <laughs> they left about four tries out there, um, at least. They 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 weren't very clinical um, in this game. Um, and whilst um, uh, Lowe got man of the match, I think he also ran down some blind alleys and uh, gave the ball up occasionally um, as well. Uh, so yeah, not um, I think a game where Ireland knew they're going to win it and got a try after the first seven minutes which settled any nerves. Um, but I think and a, uh, a set piece from Italy that was just gave them no platform. Five lost lineouts, but an awful lot more uh, messy ones. Um, also at scrum time, um, not uh, a bit of a mess, giving up lots of penalties at scrum time as well. And um, that basically Ireland, they would try stuff that wasn't really on because they could. Hey, you know what, we'll give it a go because, hey, I can. Um, so I think... Um, yeah, not a great game from um, from Ireland, even if they did have 12 clean breaks for their six. Um, now, they had six tries. They went off, but but we did have um, at least one from lineup more from memory. Um, so, yeah, here's a team that um, yeah, tried lots of stuff, but a lot of it didn't come off. Um, but they could get away with it because Italy just weren't challenging them. Or they, just, they were just so powerful, Italy couldn't challenge them. It's a shame, right? It's quite a shame. Um I mean, we had low hope or low hopes of Italy going into this tournament. Then we watched them last week and we were like, hmm, maybe they might do something. Then we saw that they were playing Ireland in round two. And it, it, it kind of was it was kind of a bit um a bit disappointing, right? Because you thought after that build up of round one and they would have got a wee bit of confidence out of that and making it a close game and that if they if they went on to play Wales or or Scotland or even the way France is playing, even France, they probably would have been a little bit more confident than actually shown a bit, but man. Ireland just look, uh, they don't look like they belong at the moment. They look so far better than everyone else. And like you say, it wasn't a, a clinic from, you know, as the way that they played from the from the Irish. Uh, yeah, I've seen a number of tries uh, called back, silly things. But you, you saw the body language, right, of the Irish. The, the confidence was there. They were having fun. And so that's such a difference. It wasn't close. I mean, the Italians missed the chance to score first, right? It's that wobbly old kick that looked like, you know, an 80-year-old grandma had come out and tried to knock it over, and it was about as good as her walking. It was just all over the show. So, you know, things like that, I think feel like the Italians, even a three-pointer like that, getting up 3-0 early after four minutes or whatever it was could have made a, a bit of a difference for them, uh, confidence-wise and just getting into the game. But they are a team that need that sort of thing. Uh, it's, it's disappointing. It, it really is disappointing because I, I had high hopes that they might have actually given a few teams a bit of a run. Um, and, yeah, I looked at the stats just before this as well, and it they just didn't seem like they were really in the game at all, did they? They are just, just there as passengers, which is uh, I'm really disappointed about. I'm, I'm really disappointed about because I think that they're a team that is starting to get the personnel and the player the, well, the personnel, the players – um, and the style that they can do stuff with. You know, Capazzo was back. 
Um, yeah, that little X Factor player. You love that X Factor name. So promising a lot, delivering round one, falling completely off their horse in round two. I fear that this is a team that if they go into round three in a couple of weeks, where's their mind going to be? You know, is, is that going to really hurt them too much? I know they're not expecting a lot, but to, to be donutted, to, to get a Duncan special is, is not good. No, it wasn't good. And I mean, the, the lineup of the next games, I mean, so the next, so yeah, we take a weekend off and then we have yes. the, we're back again in two weekends' time. Um, as far as the rugby goes, don't worry, folks, we'll be back next week um, to uh, to preview the games. Um, but we'll probably preview the games in the next, in the next few minutes anyway. But um, looking at the TAB, the only team you cannot bet on for next weekend or the next round is France. Already they've taken France off, who are playing, who are playing Italy. Um, wow. So, um, they've already said, yeah, don't worry. You, yeah, you can't. You, you can bet on Ireland to beat Wales. You'll get them at a dollar and a cent. So for every dollar you put on, you get one dollar, one cent back. <laughs> so they're clearly massive favourites. Um, but um, even with France, you can't even get a dollar and a cent. You just cannot put money on them to beat um, uh, to beat Italy. I would have suspended betting on Ireland, Wales before I suspended betting on France, Italy. France looks so like they, they're not France, like right. Mm-hmm. They, they're just not France. I mean, if Italy can sort... Well, I mean, we'll preview them shortly, I'm sure. But, man, if they can sort out set piece, if Italy can sort out this line-out. Okay, I won't even say set piece. I'll say line-out because <laughs> that is a real issue. The French line-out is, is diabolical. They can sort that out. They have the players. They just need the confidence. I mean, France need a lot. They need a lot going their way because, I mean, discipline, um, yeah, set piece, uh, continuity... I think they need to make changes, like the number nine change I mentioned earlier, that starting, Ligaric needs to start, just bring pace to the game and actually have some flow in their attack. Like Italy, Scotland, Wales, they all have a, a degree of flow and continuity and players running on the ball. Francis are like, shovel, go do something. Um, it, it, yeah, they look in a bad way. Yeah, look, I, mean, I think Italy at $18 is not a bad, no. it's not a bad stab. I would take that. There. Um much better than Wales at fifteen dollars in, yes. in Dublin. Really, <laughs> that's that's just throwing money away. Wales is paying <laughs> less to beat Ireland in Dublin than Italy is paying. France is at home, right? So Jesus. they are, but they're not. France aren't in Paris, right? They're kind of at no. home, but they're not really. That's for the Olympics, right? Yep. Yeah. So oh, no, um, Italy all day. They're somewhere else. Um, but, Five bucks. Um, Put it on. Good for the game. The, um, yeah, yeah. hundred bucks. I might go two bucks. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're, they're playing in Lille. Um, so, um, Lille. for this one. So, again, yeah, so it's not, a, it's not, it, it is, it is in France, but it's not really at home per se. Um, the, um, um, so, yeah, so Ireland do a dollar, a dollar and a cent. And that's yeah, so what's all right. It says no one wins in Dublin these days. Well, Ireland do, um, but no one else does. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the so they're 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 easy sent, and then um, the Scotland England game is the uh, it's going to, is the interesting one of um, of the round. Yes, um, and uh, that one uh, Scotland currently at a dollar seventy two, and England at two dollars twenty, which I think is the right way around. Yes, England are um, are, are ranked above them in the um, uh, world rugby rankings, but look, that gets skewed by things like England having a nice pool to get out of, and uh, Scotland not. Um, let's um, let's be honest. Um, uh, so yeah, Lille's not even a traditional rugby arena. No, it's a, it's a football one um, as one as well. Uh, the reviewer says that's the same thing. They struggle against Uruguayan. 
Um, I'm not sure I would uh, necessarily put too much um, into that one. Um, I would good for money. Wouldn't uh, wouldn't back Italy with your money? Hey, look, it's two bucks. Come on, let's, let's get uh, let's get in there. Um, and um, and Leal is is more soccer. Um, Leon um, does have a rugby team, um, yes. but Leal doesn't. Um, so um, the uh, so yeah so that so yeah Scotland one dollar seventy two England um, two dollars twenty. Look, England are the one big team um, or one sort of traditional big team in the world that Scotland don't have a hoodoo against. Right, <laughs> um, they're the one team that they go. We can beat them because we've done it recently, quite a few times actually. Um, so I don't. So I don't think Scotland will have that hang up. And so yeah, you've got to back. You've got to say that Scotland at home um, should be favourites in that one. Um, but um, but I say that has got to that. That's yeah, fifth versus sixth in the world. That's the uh, the game of the round because um, otherwise you've got Ireland um, who are second in the world against Wales who are eighth, and um, uh, France against Italy who are um, say a fourth against eleventh uh, in the world. So um, so yes. Italians. 11th. Yep. Ugly. Behind um who's 10th? Um Fiji. There. But Fiji um, would beat them, right? Let's be fair. Yeah. Who's who's ninth and eighth? So we go um so so South Africa, Ireland, New Zealand, France, England, your top five, Scotland, yeah. Argentina at seventh, um, Wales at eighth, Australia at ninth. Um <laughs> After their abysmal rugby World Cup, that's probably one. That's that's bad. That is probably Australia's lowest ever world ranking. Um, I guess yeah. um, Fiji at ten, Italy eleven, Japan at twelve, um, Georgia have just moved up to third. Georgia has moved up to thirteenth, um, then Samoa, then Tonga. Portugal have dropped from thirteenth down to sixteenth um, with their loss to uh, uh, Belgium. Was it? I think it was. Yes, two weeks ago. Oh, last yeah. yeah, last weekend. Yeah, not just yeah, one before. USA at 17, the first side that wasn't at the Rugby World Cup. Didn't, um, um, didn't, didn't Australia fall 10th during the World Cup or near the end of the World Cup? The first time they've ever gone outside of the top nine? I could be wrong. But I feel like just before they beat, when they lost to Fiji, or was it after the big Wales, um, Wales loss? It was during the group stage. So what happens when you lose to Belgium last week? Belgium did lose to Romania this week. Romania is a good, good enough team, right? No, you're quite right. Yep, they did drop. They did drop to tenth last ah, year. Look, you come here for the knowledge, man. You come here for the knowledge. Yeah? <laughs> That's why we're on the big, the big COVID bucks. That's why. <laughs> so there we go. So yeah, so that's looking forward to. We'll, we'll give a proper, proper preview of those um, next um, next weekend. But um, to give you the summary right now, three home wins in the next round. Um, <laughs> it's the easy one. Go Italy. Um, Go Italy, yes. Okay then, but uh, we have to uh, we have to answer Dub's um, Dub City's question here. How would you rank these Chiefs teams? Exeter, Kansas City, NZ Gallagher. Well, um, it, so what, what are we ranking them in? Quality? How much we like them? And quality is great. Quick and easy, right? Um, and Kansas City Chiefs are the are currently the best out of those because they're the, they're the champions in their sport. Um, and I then go I then go Gallagher Chiefs and then Exeter Chiefs. Um, at the back there, personally, but um, I don't know. Would you, from a from a current quality point of view, rather than how much you like them? 
from a current quality. I mean, NFL's got money coming out of its nose. It can literally have the best players. If we're talking about how would rank these Chiefs team in the game of rugby. Oh, well, look, we're they're talking. not. They're, they're well, they're Kansas, Chief, Kansas City Chiefs would come last. Good. Well, because they how don't do play know? the game. They don't how know what they're you, doing. How, how do you know that? How do you know that? I reckon because they they're... could pick it up pretty quick. <laughs> You're like that guy who... Not who was that guy it. who went on Twitter saying I would I would um uh, I, I would dominate rugby if I played it? God, they're all useless. And then um, oh. Joe Marler came out and said, "Oh, I'd bend in him too like a pretzel." Um. <laughs> he was an NFL guy too, wasn't he? He was NFL, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, rugby. I mean, in terms of how much you like him, I don't, I don't, I don't hate Kansas. I mean, look, they are a bit of a dynasty to the NFL right now. Like what they've done, you got back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, quality incredible team um i'm not a fan of the the uh gallagher chiefs uh, to be completely honest with you i think they're gonna have a bad season um so give me exeter just because i like putting the kid pigeons kansas exeter and um gallagher chiefs last down with the chiefs up the landers that's what you gotta that's what you gotta know dub <laughs> well look i live in chiefs country so um, so um so yes the gallagher, so uh, so so gallagher chiefs or or, or waikato chiefs rather than gallagher, actually, i don't like calling them gallagher chiefs waikato chiefs first um on that one um and uh then um look i used to be an extra chiefs fan uh then i got up then i kind of uh, um they're kind of all of their uh cultural appropriate cultural appropriation and um kind of racism kind of stuff with dealing with first nations people but they've got rid of that now they've got their, they've got they've got a um so they've removed all that branding which is good so um so then extra chiefs back it back up in my in my opinion um and then Kansas City chiefs last probably because um they're um I actually like all of them to be honest at this point. So none, yeah, of, them, now, none of them I actually dislike. I, I got another ranking for you. Best kits. <sighs> okay. Um I'm gonna go for uh, so the problem with extra, right, is they have just black kits. Black this yeah. is a black jersey. There's just nothing about them that's that's kind of interesting. Um the Gallagher Chiefs or the the, the, the Waikato Chiefs one look at least has the kind of it's black again but at least it has the the maori um symbols in that sort of black gray so you can kind of see them it's got some um, yellow and red oh sorry it's got yellow and red normally on it as well oh a little bit yes but only in highlights just a little bit just a little bit of highlights yes it's not straight um, black like exeter exactly yeah um so you actually got to come last because it is straight black and boring yes um you can you you turn it on you're not quite sure who they are uh whereas <laughs> I, like, I like the jersey when you switch, when you, when you, when you, if you switch the game on, can you immediately say who's playing? He right, says so, it's coming from a New Zealand um, channel with the All Blacks. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, but, um, in, in international jersey, you generally can do, but uh, if you know it's an international game, but I, things like if you turn on a um, a uh, what, what what do you call it? Um, is extra enough for badges in the area? Would that work? No, no. Not particularly. <laughs> I, I'm sticking. Um, I like a nocturnal. I'm, I'm, I'm stealing that. They, they're sticking with, with they've, they've stuck with extra chiefs, but now the branding doesn't have any Native American stuff in it. It's all got um, about Western chiefs. About sorry, about um, uh, Southwest England uh, Cornish kind of chief style thing, which is um, uh, the uh, the kind of from the area. So it, it is it is now regionally appropriate with the branding and the, the, the chiefs logos. Um, the um, if you turn it on and you see Gloucester playing, you know it's Gloucester straight away. Red and white hoops. No one else plays in red and white hoops. Um, the uh, Leicester Tigers have screwed up their jerseys. 
they used to be hoops and you could tell who they were. Nowadays, it's harder because they keep screwing around with their jersey. When it's just green, white and red lines, you knew who they were. So I like a jersey when you turn it on, you can see and know who you, who's playing. Um, so from from um, from that point of view, who else plays in red um, in um, American football? I think you kind of know. Uh, oh, well, that's true. That's the other team they were playing against. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they it's a different red so yeah, it's, but um so to me um uh so yeah to, so to me uh i think um dubsy who could possibly like an all black kit no, all blacks is fine um but it's just the, the next say for a, for, a, for a club jersey to me it's just boring it's may um whereas harlequins i love the harlequins jersey um because again you switch it on you know immediately who's playing when you see um when you see harlequins so um, yeah, more unique jerseys, folks. That's where, to me, Moana Pacifico is screwed up, right? The jersey they had for their first ever game um, against Mary All Blacks, that one-off game, that the, the made it look like um, the, the kind of um, the cloth. Um, so it's white, but it was off. It was kind of slightly off-white because it was, it was that kind of like traditional cloth um, thing. That looked fantastic. So it was different. No one, no one else has a jersey like that. The jersey now, it's blue or red. Yeah. yeah. Fine, it's got various patterns in it, but it just doesn't have the same, to me, uniqueness that that original jersey had. How do so, we get on to jerseys? Who started that? <laughs> yeah. Great question, Dub. Great question. <laughs> Keep them coming. We, we need the next one. We need the, the Auckland Blues, uh, the Cardiff Blues, or I can't. I, I oh, yeah, there's bad names for teams, okay? And get calling yourself Blues and Reds. It's, why come on have a bit more <laughs> imagination please auckland you're the city of sales there's there's, there's, there's shit there right i actually call them the boat but look there's there's the, the clippers or something like that or, or maybe that's the wrong, wrong type of boat but i there's 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 stuff there that you can um that you can actually uh you, you can actually do yes um, St. Louis blues one. love it um, say that before next week dub but um <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, yeah, blues. The, the blues is the most boring name in rugby. I'm sorry, but um, and your problem with the things like the Chiefs and Warriors is which one are you talking about? At least with Hurricanes, you know who you're talking about. There's only one Hurricanes. There's only one Highlanders, um, as far as I'm aware. Um, you actually know you know which team it is. Whereas we talk about the Blues again, you have to go uh, which Blues. Uh, which Ooh. chiefs? <laughs> which? Um, so again, try and get a unique name and try and get a, a jersey style that's unique, so I can actually tell who the hell you are. Um, so to me, those 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 are kind of two key things um, you want to do. And this has been our um, one hour episode on how to start a sports club. <laughs> and next week, yeah, we'll explain to you how not to fund your club. Oh, we've been doing that for the past few weeks. <laughs> How not to fund your sport. <laughs> the six-part series. Yours today for only $99.95. Six easy payments. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, then. Are we done? Pretty much, yeah. Next week, home wins. We already talked about that, haven't we? Yeah, next week we'll, we'll preview the games, but essentially home wins <laughs> is what we're expecting. What um, preseason games we got this weekend? I know the, the Crusaders are playing the Highlanders. It should be that's that's the Heartland Cup, which is always a, a massive uh, feature of Heartland. the calendar. 
They've got to love the Heartland Cup down in the field days. Uh, full farmers love it. Get yourself a tractor while you're there as well. The Heartland Championship is, 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 is a, how can you have a cup between two super rugby teams when the Heartland Championship is, 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 is the provincial court tournament? Because of the, they're the champions, you see, straight away. It's a, a one off game. You see, Heartland's Cup, buy a tractor, watch some rugby, uh, and, and drink some beer. That, that's what it's all about. And that's normally a pretty fierce sort of game, as in because it's actually South Island Derby, right? It's not like a proper game, right? But it, it's got a bit more about it than just, a, just hey, it's a preseason game against the Chiefs. Um, so it should be interesting to see how it goes. But uh, have we got anything else of interest from preseason this weekend? Worth so watching. Got, um, Hurricanes won a Pacifica. I think that's being held in, um, uh, where's that skiing place in the South Island? Queenstown? Uh, Queenstown, I think. Is it? Remember Really? And uh, Upper Hutt. Oh, in that's, the that's CIS that's your Upper end. Hutt. Where, sorry? That's your end of the country. Well, it's Wellington. It's a, it's a, it's a hurricane. Oh, hurricanes. Sorry, not Highland. <laughs> Okay, so this is the one that this this used to be the the the, the Tui sponsored one that's in the middle of nowhere. So I went to this once um, and actually did, wrote, wrote a blog post about it about going to um, Ekatahuna um, for a game. Um, so that's where this this is going to be in Ekatahuna, that, that kind of area. So yes, that's that's a cracker. They have um, so the, the halftime entertainment is a croc sprayer um, spraying the ground with water. <laughs> oh, airplane. But it's, this seems to be the um this seems to be the round or the preseason round of going to somewhere completely in the middle of nowhere and playing a game of rugby and getting all the farmers yep. to go. Great. Um, and they they park a bunch of trucks up as the second tier um, of of the stand. So you got you got this tier, you got you you have a bunch of seats in a stand. Then you have a truck behind it, which people climb on top of the truck and and sit on top of the truck to uh, to watch the game. Um, the uh, and they also had a, some some reason they had an American World War Two plane doing a flyby as part of the oh, cool. uh, of the halftime entertainment as well. Cool, but relevant? How? I mean, who cares? <laughs> Watching um, mascots run isn't very relevant either, but it's still entertaining. The uh, yeah, well, no, they didn't have any mascots. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's that, that's that's a cool day out if you want to go. I, I think it's about, be about nine years ago. So I went, 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 went one of those. Um, eight years ago. Um, Crusaders Highlanders. Um, in um. Uh, Mathvern, M E T H V E N. Where the hell's that? Never even heard of the place. As you say, middle of nowhere. Yes. Um, Blues, Chiefs. <laughs> at, Speaking of um, Nocturnal's comment, they're saying that the Crusaders are traveling back from the UK. Watching the end of that Bears game against the Crusaders, they talked about it. Um, who was there? Tom Christie, someone like that, was in there, was doing um, up in the you know press box TV stuff, uh, saying that pretty much everyone that played in the UK tour bar maybe one or two players won't be even near that match squad whatsoever. He said they've got a whole squad back in New Zealand already preparing for that match. So don't worry about guys coming back from the UK and playing that game. It sounds like uh, the All Blacks are going to be playing in that game for the Crusaders because they are all prepping and they are going to be prepping in the squad for this game. And um, so, uh, um, yeah, so the rest of the squad's already in the country. So those guys just be only on holiday mode for about a week, I'd say, training, recovery. So, and the Blues... Let's see. So, so we got the other other people taking it to the country to the people to play their game. The Blues in, um, in Park, Onward Domain, Auckland. Oh, so yes. So, look. Okay, it's out of Domain. It's out of, yeah. No, look, they're not going to put Eden Park. They can't afford to do it. <laughs> seriously lose money. Um, uh, but um, but even so, yeah. Look, take it up to Northland. Take a game to Northland, please. Hello, Northland is part of your franchise. Go there once every ten years. Not salty. 
brief. Um, but then the Rebels versus the Drua um, at um, Goshen. G-O-S-C-H, Gosha's Paddock, Melbourne, wherever. Sounds like they're is. taking it to Hickville as well. Well, no, no, it's still in Melbourne, right? Melbourne's a region, though, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, so the um, no, no, Melbourne's a, town, a city. It's not a region. Yeah, but so it's a, Victoria. It's massive, though. I can easily go to the edges. The, um, sorry, so super, so, um, so I'm, I'm being told off because apparently... Super Rugby round one, the Blues are taking their game up to um, um, up to uh, against the Fijian Drua up to um, Fongare. So well done for that, Blues, um, with the Fijian Drua, because obviously you knew you were going to get an empty stadium at Eden Park for that one. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, yes. The, uh, so 23rd of Feb. So that's the same weekend as um, Six Nations, right? Next one, that's two weekends away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. yep. Oh, so first round of Super Rugby is the third round of Six Nations. Correct. I'm going to get uh, swamped in that. So, yeah, so Chiefs Crusaders um, and um, Rebels Brumbies on um, on a Friday night. Uh, Saturday, then we have Force Hurricanes, Blues, Fiji and Drua. Uh, sorry, Fiji and Drua. Um, Highlanders, uh, Moana Pacifica and Reds versus Waratahs. So, hang on. I know that's Hurricanes, um, um, Moana Pacifica, isn't it? Yeah. I was going to say, uh, Highlanders more and Pacifica play each other back-to-back weekends, but no. <laughs> um, comment earlier by Simon about saying, yeah, look, that um, that Moana Pacifica needs to choose one place rather than changing city, changing grounds all the time. Absolutely. And make your home in in Samoa and play um, and play a couple of games in Tonga each year. Uh, based out of Samoa. Stop this um, messing around in South Auckland. It doesn't work. Clearly, it's, it's not worked. Um, so go on then. That's what um, that's what you should do. Um, so there you go. Yes, yeah, so the second round is in uh, is all in Melbourne, um, and then third round we're back to back to normal again um, with uh, um, with those games. So yeah, looking good. Can't wait. When are we getting a sponsor? Look, Dub says we need a sponsor name for your team name, but I think we should get a a sponsorship <laughs> two degrees in Sport Radio. Sounds great. And it's even blue to go with it as well. It'll match up perfectly. Or Spates. We can do Spates as well. You live in the North Island, man. Spates ain't going to sponsor you. Well, you, you can work on that. <laughs> I live in Southland. Spates ain't going to sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going for the Red Bull sponsorship. We've been trying that for about a year. <laughs> still, yeah, waiting, yeah. still waiting for that email back. Extreme sports. Oh yeah, that's you. You fighting eating groups, right? That's yeah, the yeah. That's I'm the, all about the extreme sports. <laughs> uh, it's a bit like the um. Oh, up watch that, 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 that one where they got, That's, that's about as uh, extreme as it gets. A really um, uh, really bad TV where they used to pay two hundred people to fight each other, or or or, or, or um, get a kind of you, you, you can be the kind of uh, yeah the, the 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 chump that gets smashed up. Um, I'd watch that. <laughs> right, time to cut it no, off, folks. Uh, sponsor. <laughs> the um put two yen on Italy. Two yen. <laughs> Don't know how much that is. Uh Super Rugby could have a team sponsored by look, no, that look, they're not gonna happen. It's yes. not gonna happen. Okay, no get it on the shirt. Yeah, there's no Love money it. Yet. Um Red Bull have actually just bought a cycling team, a road cycling team. So there you go. Anyway, well they're in Leipzig um, as well. Sorry? They're in Leipzig, Red Bull Leipzig. And Germany? Oh yeah, they've got some, yeah, some football things. Yep. Yeah. 
Cool. All right, folks. Thank you, everybody. Catch you all next week. Have a good time. Stay safe. And um, yeah. Get that fitting sponsor. It's exciting.